finished out. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. But I was thinking about, as soon as I saw this, I was thinking about that stupid overflow. That caused the problem. And immediately, I felt just impressed in my heart about this word of overflow. And what I sensed in my spirit was this, that actually God was wanting to get my attention. He was saying to me, Christian, I want you to operate out of an overflow. But more often than not, you're operating or can operate out of a residue. You see, the difference between an overflow is that it will continue to pour out and pour out. Something flows in and it pours out. Where a residue is you're just scraping the the, the ends out of, you know, in terms of an engine, you're just drawing stuff out of it until there's nothing left. And God wants us to live out of a spiritual overflow. We're called to live from an overflow. There's a verse in Luke in chapter 6 and verse 45 that says this. A good man. Everybody say a good man. Look at the neighbor next to you and just nudge them and say, good man, good woman. A good man. Come on, I want you doing it. A good man. Listen, a good man, a good man produces good deeds from a good heart. But an evil man... Produces evil deeds from his hidden wickedness. We haven't got time to go there, but it's interesting the language. Hidden wickedness. There are many people, when they're doing things in secret, when they're doing things in the dark, there's nothing good ever happens in the dark. We talk about the darkness. Nothing ever good happens in the dark. But it says here, whatever is in the heart overflows into speech. Another version puts it this way. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So in other words, what is put in will come out. That's why I always smile to myself when people make statements and they, they make a statement that say, I, I, I'm only kidding, I didn't mean it. And I think, no, you didn't. You meant it. You meant it. You know, we're only joking around now because some things that are in there will always come out every single time. That is why I'm always listening to people's language. That's why I'm always watching to see what people say and how they do. You know, I'm interested, particularly when you're around guys and where the conversation can go. Very often, not, not necessarily in a Christian context, but it, go, it goes to places where I don't want to go. And, you know, and even some Christian guys that can take it to conversations where they're talking about all sorts of things. And I think to myself when they're saying those things, it's interesting. That tells me everything about your, what you're watching what you're reading, what you're filling your heart with. Because out of your heart will flow, you know, the stuff that's being put in there. Are you getting me? So the overflow of our life is really, really important. This word overflow means to burst over. This is the Greek word, parisio. It means to have an abundance. It means to flow over. And there's a sense in which God is wanting to say to us here at Arena Church, wanting to get our attention at the beginning of this year. And he wants to say to us, listen, what I want you to be overflowing with is goodness. What I'm, you, what you're, what I'm wanting you to overflow, overflow with is the stuff that I'm wanting to put in you. You know, God has got so much for us. God has got so much that he wants to show us. God has got so much that he's wanting to say to us. He's wanting to deposit himself into our hearts. The Spirit of God is here. He wants to pour out upon us. 
And we want to be filled, or do we want to be filled? The question is, do we want to be filled with all that he has for us? I, for one, want to be filled. I want to be overflowing with goodness. I want to be overflowing with the goodness of God. I want to be overflowing with the word of God. I want to be overflowing with the spirit of God. Can I hear a big amen? That is what I desire for us in Arena Church. So what is flowing from us? Good question. Or another way of putting it, what am I overflowing with? What am I overflowing with? If I was to ask some people who are married here and I was to say, okay, so, you know, uh, if Alini was here, okay, Alini, uh, don't tell, I'm, I'm meeting with Stephen, don't, don't listen to Stephen in that sense. Not that he would lie to me, but Alini, what is really going on in this man? What is he flowing over with in the home? Sharon, what is Phil overflowing with in the home? Okay, Liz, what is Paul overflowing with in the home? I didn't say that this, this morning because it's the same message, but I always like to go in a different uh, direction. You see, sometimes we can look on at people and we think, oh, they're overflowing with all this kind of stuff. We have to listen very carefully to one another. I knew at the, uh, uh, there was a point in my life, uh, probably a year, 18 months ago, where clearly I probably wasn't overflowing with as much grace as I needed to. Because my wife says to me, and you know, she's a sweet soul. She said to me one time with tear-filled eyes, she says, I wish you'd give me as much grace as you afford your staff. That told me that I was not flowing with as much grace as she needed. And I was wrecked. And immediately I got on my knees and said, God, please help me. Because I don't want her to look on and think that I'm affording the staff more grace than I'm affording my wife. What are we overflowing with? Are you overflowing with stress? Are you overflowing with negativity? There are some people who are full of fill in the blank. They overflow with, don't say it, please, goodness. Yeah, please don't say it, please. I can see it on the tip of some of your tongues, but please don't say it. We're in church. Because that's what what flows out of them. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed you can be with people and they think, you know, one thing that I get really frustrated in pastoral ministry is when people start telling me the things that they think I want to hear. That doesn't help them, it doesn't help me. I often say to people, please don't tell me what you think I want to hear. Tell me what's going off. Be truthful. Help me to understand. Because there's some things that can happen in our lives and there's some things that get in our hearts and we begin to overflow with these things. The other side to it, we can be overflowing with joy. We can be overflowing with lightness. We can be overflowing with encouragement. And if you want to have a great book, here's a great book for 2017 if there's some good readers here. I'd encourage you to go onto Amazon and buy fresh air. Not literally buy fresh air, but buy the book, Fresh Air will help you to understand how to live with a lightness in your spirit, how to live and how to overflow with goodness and God. Because we want to encourage you to flow with all that God has for us. Here's another question. What is constantly on our minds and in our hearts? Again, that tells me a lot about what's going on internally. And of course, as we enter this season 
of the double combination of prayer and fasting. This is what it's really all about. This is what we're trying to ground, ground, ground in us. Because it gives us the opportunity to come before God and to fall on our knees and say, God, we want to be full of you in this moment. We want to be full of your word. We want to be full of your praises. We want to be full of your prayers. We want to be full of your spirit. And it gives us an opportunity, a window of opportunity to just fill our tank up again. The Bible encourages to keep being filled with the Spirit of God. Continuous tense. Keep being filled with the Spirit of God. But as I was studying this, I was just looking at a number of areas that I think are just so important for us to be overflowing with. And with your permission, I'd just like to share them for a few moments. The first thing I want to say is this. The Bible's very clear that personally we need to overflow with praise. We need to overflow with praise. If I can take you to Psalm 119 verse 171. Give me a wave if you're still with me. I know it's warm. Come on, I need to see some more hands up or I'm going to get you on your feet and we'll do an aerobics exercise. Okay. No, we're not, Vicky. Okay. Okay. Psalm 119 verse 171 says this. May my lips overflow with what? Overflow with praise. For you teach me your decrees. What this is basically saying to me in each of these points in themselves you could preach from. But for time, what I would say is this. We need to be a people personally who are committed to overflowing with praise. If I can say, let's build a house here in Mansfield of praise to our God. Let not it be that the guys are having to say, come on guys, let's worship. From the first note, we're in it. We're ready to praise the Lord. Whether you sat there because you can't stand to your feet, it's irrelevant. You just worship God with all of your heart, with all of your being. We want to create a passionate praise of people as we gather in God's house. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. What's the point of being insipid? What's the point in just going through the motions? What's the point of doing that? I've got no interest in you. What's the point in me preaching with no urgency and no passion? You don't want that, do you? You want some passion. Well, let's bring some passion of praise to our God. He's worthy of praise. He's worthy of honor. He's worthy of glory. These aren't just phrases. He is worthy. We've sung it tonight. So we build a life of praise to God. But also, I think it's important that we build a life of praising. Build a life of praising and encouraging others. I take great delight in seeing people just, you know, like Cameron did to me a moment ago. There's potential there. Did you see my chest just went out? It was just, did, I tell you, seriously. Let's build a life of praising others. Let's build a life of encouraging others. Let's encourage one another as the Bible encourages us to do. Why tear down? Let's build up in Jesus' name. Can I hear a big amen? Let's let's overflow with praise to our God and praise to one another. Not getting stupid. Not just, you know, saying the things that we want to hear. If we're not looking great or that doesn't suit us, then, you know, be honest, husbands. Okay, and then get out of the room quickly. All right. But, you know, let's build a life of praise to our God. Secondly, We need to overflow with hope. Romans 15 verse 13 says this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that you will overflow with hope by the power of the Spirit. So get this. The God of hope 
will fill you with hope. So you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. What I've realized is this. I need to jump down here. Tomorrow, you will go into a context, work, school, college, whatever, and look around you, walk into the shops, people are devoid of hope. They're just devoid of it. You, you just look at them. I was talking to, to a couple last week who I don't know, I don't know, I don't even know the names, but I, I know of them. Uh, they were at Isaac's uh, basketball, and I was just chatting to them, and I, I was on a roll, I got on a roll. I mean, I was on a roll. Everybody say on a roll. I was on a roll, okay? Because I was just there and they were just asking me. I told them what I was doing. I said, and because they're from Mansfield this way, so I was in. Oh, yeah, we've got a new campus pastor. You want to come and visit here? I, and I was on a roll because I said, yeah, it's where I took my wife first date. And there was all that. Oh, yeah, I used to drink at Orson Jockey. I said, it's and why not? And I were all, you know. But I was, I was filling this couple full of hope. They says, well, it's so bad amongst young people. It says, not here. We've got two. I was talking about you, semi-professional footballer and, and Nathan and great youth program with the, with the partners and they're getting 20 odd, 20 odd kids. Yeah, we've only just started it and kids are coming in and we're trying to do our best. And, you know, what I was doing, I was, I was yeah. pulling them full of hope. They were like, really? These things happen? These things don't happen in church. Yeah, they're doing our church. You want to come and visit Arena Church? What was I doing? I was filling them with hope. I watched a little bit of TV across the Christmas period. And there's an advert, isn't there? I don't know whether you've seen it. If you spray a certain deodorant, then you're incredibly attractive to the opposite sex. It's called Lynx. You spray it on. Our Isaac's Christmas list was full of it. He said, Dad, just get me this Lynx. It's just Christmas Day morning. Hey, son, you were there. He was up in the shower, get in there, and <laughs> I'm joking, son. But the advert says that if you spray this links on you, you're going to be attracted. I want to say, let us be sprayed with hope. Yes, come on. Let us be sprayed. Because I tell you what, when you walk around your workplace, your school, your factory, your jobs in homes, they'll smell it on you. There's something different about, what's different about this man? I know this is what happened when he goes into where he works. It's, I'll tell you what it is. The God of hope that's filled you with hope and now you overflow with hope. May we overflow with hope in our hearts. Amen. Thirdly, what else do we need to overflow with? Not just praise, not just hope, but also thanksgiving. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 15 says this. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving, and everybody say thanksgiving, thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. So get this, His grace, this grace, and grace is this, that which we don't deserve, God's gift to us, and we don't deserve it. It's wonderful. That's why it's amazing. We don't deserve it. His mercy is God withholding from us that which we do deserve. We deserve to be punished, but withholds it from us. But God's gift, grace, is, is God giving to us that which we don't deserve. And so this grace is poured out upon us, and it's amazing. And what it does, it causes us to overflow with thanksgiving to our God. We like to call it the G word in our house, don't we, Jonathan? Which is gratefulness. Caroline's a big stickler with this, with me, when I'm mumbling and groaning because somebody's in front of me. 
in the car and they're driving like an absolute fill in the blank. And I'm thinking, what is, what is, what is this going on? Be grateful we're on nice roads. Be grateful we're in a car. Be grateful we're on time. I'll tell you what, I'll show you grateful in a minute. You know, gratefulness. We can be so ungrateful, can't we? We can be so ungrateful because the car's not right. The, the house is not right. The holiday destination's not right. The restaurant meal that we ordered is not right. Am I speaking to anybody? We can just live with such entitlement. Listen to me. If God never did anything else, He's already done enough. May we live with gratefulness. And in this church, if we don't live with gratefulness, you're going to be very exasperated. Because there's things that I don't like about this church. And I'm one of the leaders of it. But I want to live with gratefulness and thankfulness. Because I want to tell you, this is a great church. And you might not like the house where you live, but at least you have a house and a roof over your head because there's many who don't. You might not like what's in the fridge as you get home for supper, but at least you have some food to put on the plate. And you might not like the car you drive, but be very grateful you haven't got to drive, walk miles to go and get fresh water to bring it back like millions of people do around the world. May we never, ever live with entitlement. May we live with gratefulness. And may we overflow with thankfulness and thanksgiving to God. Have you got it? This is a really important thing in here. Really important as we move forward in Arena Church. May we be thankful for everything that we've got. We might not have the building now you quite want it to be, but thank God that we have a building. The parking might not be where it wants to be, but thank God that we have the ability to get some parking around here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We just want to overflow with thanksgiving to God. Lastly, we want to overflow with love. 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 12 says this, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. I want to read that again. I want this word to wash over you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. This is an important word for us at Arena Church. Because in 2017, I can promise you this, there are some people in the church who are going to seriously get up your nose. You can go to the bank on that. Nothing's more sure. There's some people who, you could, easily, who could easily offend you in 2017. They won't mean to, but they'll say something or they'll do something. And you know the thing that's going to alleviate offense? Do you know the thing that's going to alleviate um, irritation and agitation it's this thing here called love we talk about it throughout the church we talk about it throughout God's kingdom we don't always practice it and the love that I'm talking about is agape love which means to have brotherly love kindness, affection it's a sense in which there's a, there's a thought of it becomes a feast oh I love feasts Oh, I love banquets. Anybody with me? Caroline's not into this eat as much as you want buffet and banquets. But Kev, are you with me, mate? Yeah, we're, we're with, yeah. Anybody else with me? Any, oh, oh, I love it. The feast. 80 different kinds of food. I want to sample them all. Oh, let me, you know. We know, Kev. I don't know how you manage to keep as thin as you do, but there we are. We know you're there. A feast. 
This is what he's talking about, a love feast. A love feast. May we overflow with love. This feast of love. This banquet of love. It's it's something that we have to work on, but it's also a supernatural thing that happens. And I want us to cultivate that and and, and really uh, look after that carefully here in Arena Church. Because as I say, there will be people who will get up your nose. There will be people who will offend you. There will be people who will upset you. And if you don't overflow with love, it will cause an issue to you. And many churches have been um, split and separated because of this particular thing. May we overflow with love. Can I ask you that you keep loving me? Can I ask you that you keep loving this man? Can I ask you that you keep loving this man and the leaders and the staff? And can, you, can I ask that you keep loving us? Will you keep loving us? Will you yeah. promise to keep loving us? There's about five of you who are promising. Will you keep promising to love us? I'm asking again. Will you keep? Yeah. yeah. yeah to commit yourself to that agape love. And we'll promise. We'll promise. To keep loving you. Because by the way, you can irritate us as well at times. Did I just say that out loud? I was thinking I shouldn't have said that. No, it's true. But we're going we're to be committed to this life of love. Let me move quickly. Praise, hope, thanksgiving, love. These are qualities that God is wanting to lay into the life of the church. That we will overflow personally. And then I believe in these last few minutes that I have. This is where for me it gets very exciting for us corporately. Because in the natural, in the natural, what, these, what I'm about to read in these verses, you think to yourself, this possibly could happen in 30, 40, 50 years time. But actually, with, from heaven, as, as, heaven as, as, as the gates open and the windows open and there's an overflow from heaven, these things can happen within a matter of moments. What am I talking about? I'm talking about an overflow that flows from the heart of God, from heaven itself. And this is what it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 17 and 19. It says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. He has poured out, but I really believe that he's wanting to pour out again on this people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy and I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below. Are you getting the picture there of overflow? God just pouring out. I want to encourage you to get out of bed on Tuesday morning. Get, you know, seriously, whether you're in Ilkeston or not, just get there. You know, just commit yourself, if you can. I know some of you are working and school runs and everything, we get that, but just get up, commit yourself. As we commit ourselves to the, I'm telling you, we begin to touch the heart of God. And God says, these people are serious. And because they're living out of this personal overflow, these people are really serious. I see it. I smell it. And I'm telling you, what begins to happen, God begins to supernaturally pour out His Spirit. Something so significant begins to happen. And what does it do? It begins to touch the towns, the cities, the region, the nations, the nation and the nations of the world. He says it another way, because in Joel in chapter 2, 
And verse 24 to 25, it says this, The threshing floors will be filled with grain, and the vats will overflow with new wine and oil, and I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locusts and the young locusts, the other locusts, and the locust swarm. The context to this, we could preach from this, I think we probably will do at some point, is the nation had been ravaged by locusts. Judgment upon the nation because of their disobedience, the way that they've been living. But God says, no more. What I'm going to do is, I'm going to return to you and I'm going to so pour out upon you and you are going to overflow. You're going to overflow. And everybody around the nations are going to know that God is at work in you. I'm excited by that. It then also talks about in Zechariah 1 verse 17. It says, proclaim further. This is what the Lord Almighty says. My town, my towns will again overflow with prosperity. And the Lord will again comfort Zion and choose Jerusalem. You know, this church isn't just here to gather on Sundays. It's important that we gather. And it's important that we have a fuel stop and we are together. But the heart of God is that what happens here will spill out wherever we are. That is the heart of God. And actually we begin to affect the prosperity of this town. That's why I said in the natural this seems impossible. Oh, probably 30 years, 40 years. You know, if we will commit ourselves to these personal overflows, if we'll commit ourselves to calling out to God, if we'll have the discipline to go after God, if we'll pursue God with all of our heart, God says, these people are serious. And I'm going to begin to from heaven, I'm going to now begin to pour out upon them. And they're going to overflow with prosperity. They're going to cause the towns to live. Again, I love this town. I don't live in it, but I love it. It's my own town. I'm, I love this area. I love this region. I'm committed to seeing the prosperity rest upon this area in Jesus' name. I'm committed to seeing the overflow of God. I wonder if we'd bow our heads.